I know that somebody, they'll tell you, I tell them all the time, he's not like everybody else. <laughs> you know, so no, 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 absolutely. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Absolutely. When you start, listen, when you start coaching every shot, every pass, and every dribble, uh-huh. yeah. and but for him, he does definitely, in our, on our team, he gets coached differently than the other guys. Uh-huh. They know that. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 22nd, 2019. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk a little bit about the Magic's offense and how they're trying to get themselves back on track offensively and improve their offense from last year. And then we'll talk about one of the big weapons, the guy that Steve Clifford was talking about there in that clip, Terrence Ross, the Magic's agent of chaos. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast for every single team in the NBA to get you set for the NBA season. Whether it's Locked On Raptors, Locked On Pelicans, Locked On Lakers, or Locked On Clippers, there is a podcast that can get you set for opening night. Plus, we have the Locked On NBA podcast to get you ready for the regular season from a national perspective, breaking down the daily stories and the daily results throughout the league now that the season has begun. Rejecting the Screen, a great wide-ranging NBA talk on Tuesdays and Thursdays with a long-form interview. And the Hollinger and Duncan show, a -a once-a-week show with amazing insight from John Hollinger himself. Check out all these great podcasts, plus Locked On NBA is now on Twitter at Locked On NBA Net and Instagram at Locked On NBA Net. You can find all the Locked On NBA podcasts on iTunes or find NFL, MLB, College, and NHL podcasts too. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Remember, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Steve Clifford throughout last season, and really since he took over, said that the goal for the Magic to be a good team was they had to do two things, essentially. The first, they had to be a top defensive team. He surmised that if they were a top 10 defensive team, they would be in really good shape. But that alone wouldn't do it. In fact, Clifford knows that firsthand from his time with the Charlotte Hornets. That alone would not do it. If the Magic wanted to be a playoff team, to be a good team, to be a team of consequence, they not only have to be a top 10 defense, but they at least have to be in the top half of the league in offense. The defense part was easy. Orlando finished 8th in the league in defensive rating last year. They were one of the best defenses in the entire NBA. Their offense was lacking. They were 22nd in the league in offensive rating, scoring 108.2 points per 100 possessions. It was the worst offensive mark for any team that made the playoffs last year. And in fact, the playoffs kind of proved how much the Magic's offense could struggle. They forced Nikola, they doubled Nikola Vucevic, pushed him off his spots. They made his life difficult. And the Magic didn't have the shooters to help him out, to sustain much of anything. So the Magic actually had the second worst offense 
in the entire playoffs. Less than 100 points per 100 possessions. Things did look rosier at the end of the season. There's no denying that. Orlando had 108.2 points per 100 possessions for the entire season. But from January 31st to the end of the season, the Magic were actually 8th in the league in offensive rating. They scored 112.5 points per 100 possessions in those final 31 games. That's a huge jump, obviously. 4 points per 100 possessions is a huge jump. And obviously, that was a big reason why the Magic made the kind of surge that they did because if you're going 22-9, and you know, 22-9 and is a pace of 58 wins. The Magic played like a 58, or played at the pace of a 58-win team to end the season. A top 10 offense and a top 10 defense, the Magic were first in defensive rating at that in that stretch, will do that. And so that formula is laid out. That the Magic have to play that way. They have to produce at that level if they want to play at that level. Now, maybe the Magic won't be able to sustain going that hot for so long, but the Magic understand, and Steve Clifford certainly understands, that if they are going to accomplish their goals, their big goals, it starts with their defense, number one. Everything starts with their defense. And the Magic believe they can have a really strong defense this year. But it means their offense has to pick up the slack. And that's the biggest question mark this season. We're going to need, you know, to me, good pace of play with great ball movement. And we need to develop more ways, both within structure of like sets and stuff, and then also just offensive concepts where we can consistently put more pressure on the defense. You know, so like, look. The, the best playoff offense is, you know, Kawhi with the ball, LeBron with the ball, Steph with the ball, KD with the ball. It's the hardest thing to guard in any level of basketball is a great player in the middle of the floor. The guys that can go get good shots consistently without the aid of a pick. You know, now we don't have that. And so we're going to have to be, you have to be very cohesive and coordinated about, you know, you got to have a way to have a pick-and-roll game, a way to have a post-up game, a way to have a paint-catch game, a catch-and-shoot game. And we have enough talent to do those things. It's just obviously it's, it, it makes it a lot harder. You can already kind of sense the, the task that's ahead. Yes, the Magic have some interesting and good offensive players. Nikola Vucevic is an all-star. Aaron Gordon can fit into gaps. Evan Fournier is a good three-point shooter. Terrence Ross, we'll talk about him a little bit later on. Markel Fultz can, can get into the paint, but he's still a big mystery. Jonathan Isaac is, is an improving three-point shooter, but you can already kind of see... the DJ Augustin's great in pick and rolls, so but you can kind of see the limits of what the Magic have offensively. There are offensive weapons on this team, and everyone seems confident the offense will work, but you can also sense the small margin of error that the team faces. They have to work together. They have to move the ball. They have to do things and play a certain way. There is no coasting through a game and relying on a star to carry you through at clutch moments. It's going to take everyone working together. And that's why the Magic are looking for every advantage that they can find. We've talked a lot this offseason about 
the Magic's desire to increase their pace. And that was a big key to the Magic taking a step forward in those final 31 games. Michael Carter-Williams and Isaiah Briscoe both did an incredible job picking up the team's pace and getting the team to play faster, or at least with more energy and more, more perhaps purpose of play. That's going to remain vital. The Magic were one of the worst teams last year in fast break points, and while that may not be a be-all, end-all stat, Orlando wants to see more transition opportunities. They want their defense to turn into offense. They want to turn their strength into something that will help their weakness. If the Magic can get steals and deflections and get out in transition, those are easier scoring opportunities because at the end of the day, with the defense that the Magic believe they have, they don't need very much because their defense is going to hold firm and keep them in a lot of games. But still, offense is an issue. The preseason should have sent at least some warning signal of this. Orlando had a 96.6 offensive rating in the preseason. Team's defense was still fine. They actually had a positive net rating at the end of the preseason. But that 96.6 offensive rating was still one of the worst among NBA teams that played in the preseason. Orlando knows it has to be better. It has to find ways to move. And against the Celtics and against the Sixers, the ball just didn't move. It got stuck. They weren't able to get into the paint. They weren't able to kick out. And you could see just how bad the offense could be and how much it could honestly leave the defense out to dry especially if you're committing turnovers and giving up fast-break opportunities. Just as the Magic's defense can feed the offense, poor offense can make life harder for the defense. Now, granted, I don't think Orlando attacked the same way that they're going to attack in the regular season throughout the preseason. I don't think the Magic were really running the same kind of offense. And so, you know, I may talk about this a little bit more tomorrow. I'm not... I have concerns. I'm not saying that the offense wasn't troubling and isn't something I would worry about if I were a Magic fan and certainly if I were Steve Clifford. But I don't think it's as alarming as it appears. The Magic were worse offensively in the preseason than they're going to be in the regular season. I just don't I don't think there is any way around that. But what's also key is the Magic need shooting. If they do get that ball moving, if they do get those paint touches, they got to make the defense pay. And no one knows that more than Evan Fournier. He said, I know if I make my shots, it's going to help a lot. Evan Fournier shot 34% from the floor. He's a 37% three-point shooter for his career. It's absolutely vital that he makes three-point shots. And so Orlando knows that offense is their key to take the next step. They know that if they don't play their offense at a high enough level, they're going to be in trouble this year. And that's where the element of chaos, the element of unpredictability that is Terrence Ross comes in. Before we get there, though, we want to make sure that you are looking your finest. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when you enter the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Again, 
That's $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when you enter promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. We played it at the top of the show, this Steve Clifford talking about Terrence Ross and how Terrence Ross sort of, kind of, operates under a different set of rules. The way that Ross gets his shots and gets his looks in the offense is different than anyone else. A shot that's a bad shot for some is a good shot for Terrence Ross. His ability to come around a screen and hit a three-pointer to make those kind of dagger shots to kind of change the energy of the team just because he's able to make shots over tough defense is what makes him unique for this team. It's what makes him really valuable to this team. Steve Clifford is kind of a structure guy. You know, they have an offense that, that, that runs the way they want it to. They have a defense that sticks to its principles. There's not a ton of deviation. Yet, he realized very quickly last season that Terrence Ross works best when he is allowed to deviate from that script. And he earned the trust that he will make the right play, that he will know when it's time to rise and fire and when it's time to be, the, be a threat and keep the ball moving. Ross was absolutely vital to the Magic's success last year. He changed several games on his own. But now teams know that Ross is coming. And for an offense that's usually pretty predictable, you know, Zach Lowe joking in his week past power rankings that you can kind of close your eyes and imagine exactly how the Magic run their, their offense, Terrence Ross adds a level of unpredictability. As Clifford said earlier in the show, the Magic don't have that one-on-one player. And really, when it comes down to it, what those guys have, what the LeBrons, what the Durants, what the Currys have, is unpredictability. They can beat you in so many ways that you can't just sit on a pet move or sit on a favorite move or sit on a certain thing that they're action that they're going to do because they can come at you from several different angles. And really when it comes down to those late game situations, when it comes down to when the offense breaks down, it's about those players picking which angle to attack you from. That's the truth of what makes, I mean, that's, in fewer words, what makes those players great. Terrence Ross doesn't do that off the dribble. But the way the Magic run him off screens, the way the Magic, or the way Ross is able to shoot quickly when he gets around a screen, adds a little bit of that unpredictability to the Magic's attack. Last year was a career season for Terrence Ross. A career-high 15.1 points per game. Shot a career-high 12.7 field goal attempts per game. He had the full trust of the Magic. And he rewarded that trust. Yes, there were games where he did not shoot the ball well. But far more often, Ross shot the team into games. Far more often, the Magic were made better because of Ross. Ross 
isn't trying to go out there and jack up shots. It sometimes feels that way, but he's not. He knows he doesn't need very much space to shoot, and so he comes out firing. And that unpredictability, that little bit of chaos, frees up everything for everyone else. Because the Magic can't create, you know, gravity from three-point shooters or gravity from drivers. They do so from Terrence Ross. He is a great pull-up jump shooter. The best really on the team. And really one of the only players the Magic really trusts to just take those kinds of shots. But last year was the surprise. This year, the Magic will see the adjustment. Ross saw it in the playoffs when the Raptors were able to keep Norman Powell on his hip and were able to kind of crowd him and keep him from getting those shots off and really took away a huge element of the Magic's offense. Some of that is on Ross for not reacting and and reading it as well. But at the end of the day, too, you go look back at that series, Game 3, Game 4, when the Magic made their push in those games, it's because Ross got hot, because Ross was able to get away for a little bit. Ross knows that that kind of attention is coming to him. Maybe not at the beginning of the season, but as teams adjust and, and begin to study and game plan the Magic a little more seriously, we're still not really, early in the season, you're more focused on yourself than, than the opponent in a lot of ways. But as teams begin to game plan the Magic more seriously, they're going to start throwing defenders at Ross. And that means he's got to be ready to pass the ball. That means he's got to be ready to make the play. Make the next play. Ross last year averaged a career-best 1.7 assists per game. And I would say, honestly, when he first joined the Magic, his passing was one of the things that impressed me most. He made good passes. He may not have gotten the assists, but he made good passes. And I didn't know that he had that in his game. That's something that clearly he's developed and continues to have. He's not going to be a playmaker. He's not taking anyone off the dribble. He's not going to be a high assist guy. But what's important is when the defense collapses around him, when the defense feels his gravity, that he quickly makes the next play. And then conversely, it's about the magic finding the right way to use him as a decoy in some respects. Last year, the magic used Ross in a little less than a quarter of his possessions. But when the Magic did use Ross in pick and rolls, the team averaged 1.04 points per possession. And Ross had a 52.9% effective field goal percentage. A lot of those pick and rolls, you would see Ross just kind of turn turn the corner and fire a three. He has the ability and the confidence to do that. The question is, can he take that next level of what the defense is giving him? If he comes around a screen and starts to attack because they know he can pull up so quickly and they bring that extra defender, will he feed that next man? Will he be able to make that read off the dribble? That's a huge question and a big part of what comes next for Terrence Ross and whether Ross can be the same player this year that he was last year because defenses are going to change on him. The good thing about Ross is he plays fast and he thinks fast. He fits into this scheme that the Magic want to build. And yes, he provides them a weapon that they do not have elsewhere. Ross is a wild card in that he is a chaos agent. 
The Magic trust him to give him the freedom to break plays off sometimes. Not to do dribble moves or to ISO, but to pull up and shoot jumpers. To keep the defense on their toes. Force the defense to be attached to him at all times. And if a defend, if a defender is attached to him at all times or a second defender has to commit to him when he catches the ball, that frees up space. That frees up driving space for others. You expect to see Terrence Ross in lineups with Markel Fultz. And Fultz, as if, if what we've seen in the preseason is true, is probably the best Magic player at working off the dribble, of attacking off the dribble and getting into the paint. The Fultz-Ross interplay is going to be one of the most interesting things to watch throughout the season. Because Ross is going to give Fultz the space to drive, and Fultz's drive are going to give Ross the space to shoot more open threes. This is all important. This is all stuff that matters for the Magic to unlock that offense that we said they have to unlock. Orlando's not changing Terrence Ross, and they don't want him to change. He, more than any player, has the freedom to make these decisions. And he's earned that trust, and he's deserved that trust. And in the preseason, he was honestly one of the better offensive weapons, again, for the Magic. A team-high 14.2 points per game, 52.5% effective field goal percentage. There's very little to complain about when it came to Terrence Ross. Ross appears to have shed that inconsistent label. So long as he stays consistent, so long as he stays an effective offensive weapon, he will remain vital to the Orlando Magic. Again, there are few guys on this team that defenses have to account for at all times. There may not be a guy defenses have to have an eye on at all times more than Terrence Ross, the Magic's agent of chaos. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Twitter, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at underscore And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be back again tomorrow with a more complete preview and my predictions for the Orlando Magic season on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic and a scouting report on the Cleveland Cavaliers as we get ready for Wednesday's season opener. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. 